0: Welcome to Encompass Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us today. To share your story of what God has been doing in you and through you, take a moment to email us at amen at Enjoy today's message. Wow, how good was Easter? I can't believe it was only seven days ago. I feel like it's like a month ago. I don't know what your world is like, but I feel like, wow, that's like so long ago. But I love Easter. Anybody here love Easter? Uh, there's something about Easter, I must say, I do love Christmas and with all the family and the gifts and all that sort of thing. But when it comes to Easter, uh, it's a very clear message right, for the church. It's like Jesus died and he came back to life again. Very, very, very simple. Whereas Christmas, I know he's born, but then you know, the Santa comes in there and then the, it just gets all muddled up and all that kind of thing. But I think everybody knows, by the way, the bunny, the Easter bunny's not working. You know, that's just, so everybody knows that Easter is about Jesus dying and coming back to life again. And of course, no wonder then we have, you know, big services and whether it's from the extravaganza or the Good Friday service or Resurrection Sunday or all the baptism, it's just, it's just an amazing thing for a pastor just to see what God does during those, during those days. We had probably the largest attendance that we've had at Easter for many, many years. and so. But it's more than just the attendance. It's, it's about that it brings us great joy that God is lifted up and that Jesus is glorified. Can I have an amen? That's what it's all about. The crowd is good, but it's the fact that we've got a message to preach and that it's all about Him and we're focusing in on Him. And of course, Easter Friday leads to resurrection Sunday. And the words of Jesus echo through the centuries. And the words, even at the tomb, that that we hear, like, for example, Luke chapter 24, verse 5 Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, he is risen. Everybody say, He is risen. Romans chapter 4 verse 25 says, Jesus was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification to make us right. Everything about the Christian life, and I'm going to lead into what I'm going to be sharing today, is about the supernatural. If you cut out the supernatural from the Christian faith, you haven't got much. Because the resurrection is front and center. And Paul even says, if the resurrection did not take place, we had to be pitied about all people. But the resurrection did take place. And everything that we believe about the Word of God is based on the miracle working power of God. I continually find it fascinating how it is that even though there's so much of a push toward atheism in our society, to cut God out, to rationalize, to have an explanation for everything but every second movie is somehow about science fiction, the paranormal. What is that? On the one hand we're getting this push to, to cut God out, the supernatural doesn't exist. On the other hand I think it's because we know deep inside of ourselves that there's more to that which we see with our eyes. There is another dimension out there and people know it and they write about it and that's the reality of the world in which we live. You see, God didn't just create us and then leave us alone to fend for ourselves. He didn't sort of say, best of luck. Hope it all works out for you. Sayonara. No, no, He has an open door toward each one of us. Yeah, Lois and I on our day off, which happens to be Friday, you know, th- we just do things that normal people do, you know, we've got to mow the lawn, we've got to go do the grocery shopping, we do all these sort of things and one of the things, the practices that we've had is to go out for lunch and uh, as you know, those of you who know me quite well, where do I go for lunch? a Vietnamese restaurant. <laughs> Guys, you got to listen. I love Vietnamese. Anybody else love Vietnamese food here? It's the spices and all that thing, you know, it's just lovely. And so we got a couple of really good places. But every now and then you kind of go, I don't want Vietnamese food again. My next favorite is a cafe. So if I can get a really good cafe, it's it's all good and so if you're going to spend a little bit more money on a cafe, you do your research. Yeah. So we get online and we check it out, what's around us, what, what's the ratings, what are they saying about the coffee, have a look at the menu, do we like the menu, do we not like the menu, all this sort of thing, and then we decide, finally we decide, hey, we got one, we got one now, and we drive down there, and this has happened more than just once, and it's closed. <laughs> it's like thin income. I mean... You know, and it just seems to be more and more that because of staff, they don't open all the time. Are you kidding me? And then what's even worse is sometimes really good cafes have closed down altogether. And the door is closed. We're not open for business. You think, what? Let me tell you something. God's doors are never closed. God is always in business 24-7. The door is open toward you. You need to understand that. And his supernatural power is working toward you. I've called this message, I Still Believe. I Still Believe. This year marks 50 years since I surrendered my life to Christ, 40 years in full time ministry. 36 years in this church, 25 years as senior pastor. So I've got a bit of longevity. 50 years, some of you weren't even born at that time. And after all of that time, after seeing the good, the bad, the ugly, I can tell you with absolute conviction I still believe in miracles. I still believe in the intervention of God in people's lives. Today I want to take you to a scripture. And actually, it's a conversation that Jesus has with a group of religious scholars. They're called the Sadducees. You see, in Jesus' time, there was the Sadducees and the Pharisees. The difference is the Pharisees were very legalistic and the, the Sadducees were the religious scholars. They're the intellectuals. And Jesus makes a statement... In this passage of Scripture about miracles, about the supernatural, about life after death that is timeless and it should encourage our faith. So that's what I want to do. You know, often Jesus is in dispute with the religious leaders. He, he had all the time in the world for the masses, but the, he just didn't like their hypocrisy. He, he didn't like the, their arrogance, the fact that they would look down on the crowd of people, the masses. He, he, he just picked apart what they were thinking, and, and, and they kept on coming toward him. They, especially this group of people, the Sadducees, they wanted to make Jesus look like a fool. They're trying to entrap him in his words. It never worked, but they kept on doing it. And here is one of these, these entrapments, is they, they, they figure out, okay, I bet you he can't answer this one. And so I pick it up in Matthew chapter 22, verse 23, and let's have a look at this. So are you ready? Yeah. You okay? We're going to do a little bit of teaching, then I'm going to dive into another area. Here we go. And the same day, the Sadducees came to him who say that there is no resurrection. This group, this, this Jewish sect believed that there was no resurrection, no angels, no demons, no miracles, no supernatural. And they asked him a question saying, teacher, Moses said. So people go, Moses said. Moses. I can almost hear the, the intonation of, of arrogance. See, they only believed the first five books of the Bible. Everything else they felt was corrupted. Moses said, all right. And so here we go. If a man dies and has no children... Now, this is according to the Old Testament law. You don't do this today, okay? You know, here. His brother must marry the widow and raise up an offspring for his brother. In other words, to continue the line, okay? So that the inheritance won't be lost. Now, they paint this. There were seven brothers. Now, I don't know whether it's real or whether it's made up. There were seven brothers amongst us. The first married and died... And had no offspring, no children. So left his wife to his brother. So to the second and the third, down to the seventh, died. I tell you, you don't want to marry this woman. <laughs> I, tell you, I don't know what she was putting in the food. I got no idea. Keep away. <laughs> this, she's a like husband killer. This one. Point seven of them. Ooh just thought of that when I was reading it. <laughs> Lois, what are you putting in my uh, After them all, after them all, the woman died. In the resurrection, therefore, if you say that there is a resurrection, of the seven, whose wife shall she be? For they all had her. Now, if one of them had a child, then together they say, well, then that, that will be the one. That's a tricky question. Right? It was meant to entrap him. They're hoping that he would get that basic thing wrong. And so, see, you can't even answer a basic question. The resurrection must, mustn't exist. See, it's just all here and now. When you're dead, you're dead. We've still got people who believe that. I've talked to a few people. Oh, no, when you're dead, you're dead. Well, and Jesus has this, this conversation with them. And listen to verse 29. But Jesus answered them saying, you are wrong." You are completely mistaken. You are deluded. You have gone off the track. Now, I want, to, I want you to read the next part here. Because you neither know the Scriptures nor the power of God. Say that with me again. For you, because you neither know the Scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection, Jesus said, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but they are like angels in heaven. So nobody gets married in heaven. There's no more marriages. But obviously the relationships that we have here are going to be deeper than what you could ever imagine, right? And then he says, as for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was said to you? by God. Now he's quoting Exodus chapter 3 verse 6. He's going back to the only books that they believe in the Bible. He says, you believe only Exodus? Okay, let me, let me just talk to you about what Moses said. This is what God said, I am the God of Abraham and of the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Read the next part. He is not the God of the dead, But the living, I want you to notice, what's all that, what's he talking about? Notice it doesn't say that that God was the God of, that he was the God of Abraham. Because Abraham was dead. Or he was the God of Isaac, because Isaac was dead. Or he was the God of Jacob, because Jacob was dead. He says, I am. I am. So when a person dies, though their body is put into the ground, their spirit returns back to God who gave it. Amen. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. That's what we know for sure. And then Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 7 says, Your body came from the earth, and when you die it will return to the earth. But your spirit came from God, and when you die it will return to Him. You are mistaken. You are completely wrong. Because you neither know the scriptures nor the power of God. These scholars, that was a slap in the face. What do you mean? We've been reading it all the time. We, we know the Bible. We can quote it. We've memorized the whole thing. Yes, they had. But what they've done, they put their own presuppositions into the reading of the Word of God, and the conclusions were wrong. But if they were to honestly read the Word of God, what it says, the promises, the stories, they would come to one conclusion that God is good. And that God is powerful, and he still does miracles today. And is anybody else in that position? Jesus said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And then, when the crowd heard Jesus' response, they were astonished. It's like, wow, what an answer. You, I want to get this into you. You are mistaken. You are completely wrong because you do not know the scriptures nor the power of God. Do you know it's possible to be religious? It's possible to come along to church on a Sunday. It's possible to you to have some kind of a faith but not know the power of God. Not know the scriptures. I've met so many people like that. They just have such a superficial understanding of what God's Word said, and then no wonder the passion that they have for God is superficial. It's like, please help me. Always encourage me, but they've got nothing themselves. I remember the first thing that happened to me when I was 15 years of age I gave my life to Christ. I didn't know much about anything, but I I learned that memorizing God's Scripture is really important, so I enrolled in the the Navigator's uh, Bible memory system And it's all part of the Baptist church. I didn't become Baptist, but I just love what they were doing there. And uh, God bless the Baptist. God bless you if you have a Baptist Baptist. Okay, we love you. But you know what? I had, I memorized hundreds of cards. I would take the cards along to work and I'd read the scripture. Can I recall that? Can I recall? And uh, to work and to school and hundreds of, of these scriptures because I realized I didn't want to have a superficial faith. I've got to have something which is deeper. I've got to have something that I'm convicted of. And, you know, I had no idea that I was going to become a pastor. I just wanted to be a good Christian. I just wanted to be somebody who had a solid faith in God. But now, even now, even though that was when I was 15, 16, 17, 18, I can still remember hundreds of those scriptures. When I preach, I still am recalling those scriptures that I learned. Now, I've added to that because I want to know the scriptures. You neither know the scriptures nor the power of God. I want to know the scriptures. I want to know what God says more than what other people say. Now, today I've added reading to it and studying and I meditate on God's Word. We need to be people of the Word. we got to be people of the Word. Otherwise, we will not survive. We will not do well in life. You know, it actually reminds me of a story. I like stories. A man and his wife invited the pastor along to their house, and they wanted to impress the pastor. And so they cooked this beautiful meal, as wives do. It was, it was fantastic. It was a three-course meal, and the pastor's eating, and I went, wow, this is fantastic. Thank you so much. But the wife in particular was just overwhelmed by having the minister there and, and wanted to impress him. And so she wanted him to read... A portion of scripture after the dinner to the family and bless the family and pray over the family. And and so she says to one of the to one of the daughters, she says, darling, can you go into the other room and get the good book? You know the book we read every day? The book that we love. Just go and get the book, darling. And so the, the girl toddles off into the room but doesn't come back with the bible comes back with a thick catalog belonging to the to to, to, to you know the, 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 was a, a complex you know a shopping complex down the road there's the good book we need to be people of the book you know the early christians were known as the people of the book when the muslims talked about the early christians they talked about the people of the book we need to be people of the book The book is the Word of God, and when we're people of the book, then we will be people who understand the power of God, because when you understand what God has written, you cannot but believe in the supernatural power of God in our lives. You know, I'm very sad, to be honest, when I look around the church scene today, and I drive past different churches, and, and I realize, oh, look at that church there. Nobody's attending. What's going on? There was a time when they were birthed in power. They were birthed because they understood the power of the Word of God. It grew grew out of revival, but today there's nobody attending. And you know why? A lot of times that's taken place, it's because they moved away from the book. They moved away from miracles. They started to explain away miracles. Oh, you know, Especially in the 60s and the 70s, there was a liberal movement that, take, that took place in the Christian church. And today, what you see is you still have the building. You still have the, you still have the, 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 the property, but hardly anybody's attending. And maybe they need to sell it to us, Pastor Jason. <laughs> I'm waiting for some of those places to sell it to us. We'll, we'll take it. Why? Because they began to explain away miracles. They became too sophisticated. They became too intellectual, just like these guys, the Sadducees. The Sadducees do not exist anymore. They're gone. You know, things. I used to hear people say, oh, no, no, oh, no, the Israelites didn't go through the Red Sea. No, no, they went through the the Sea of Reeds. You know, there's only ankle deep. Well, it takes a bigger miracle then to drown a whole Egyptian army. (laughs) That's right. I mean, what is this nonsense? It's nonsense. These guys think it was very funny over this side. We belong to the church of the living God. We are described by Paul as the pillar, but also the church of the living God. God lives amongst us, and He's still active amongst us. That's who we are. And when we start losing that, we are in big trouble. So I still believe in miracles. I still believe in Everybody say, I still believe in miracles. <laughs> you know, like the woman at the, with the issue of blood that was that was healed after 12 years, I still believe that God heals today. Yes, yes, yes. Even though she went to doctors, the doctors couldn't help her. Some of you have been going to doctors. Can I just say something about doctors, by the way? I love doctors. I love the medical profession. We've got a number of people, I'll just look around, I can see a couple of doctors already here in this, in this meeting. We've got people who are involved in the medical profession. We've got allied health, uh, people in allied health, let's say organizations that they're involved in that. They are actually the hands of Christ extended in healing. Never run down a doctor. He's just trying to help. But there comes a time when doctors cannot do. They reach the end of their limit. Maybe the the prescription doesn't work or maybe the diagnosis doesn't work. But we have a God. We have a God who still can overcome even that. And I still believe that when you lay hands on somebody in the name of Jesus... And I can't tell you why healing doesn't take place all of the time. That's, That's for another conversation. But I do know this. That God, when we lay hands on people in the name of Jesus, that the power of God can flow into that body, into every muscle and every sinew and every cell, and that person can be restored by the power of God. And that when we lay hands on people in the name of Jesus, where we anoint them with oil, that they can receive God's care, they can receive God's love, and they can receive deliverance, they can receive healing, because we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. I've seen him do it in the past, and I believe that he'll still do it today. That's the God I still believe in miracles. Though I can't explain it all, I still believe in miracles. Like Peter who was set free from prison, I still believe that God can set people free from anxiety, from, from depression, from, from all sorts of enslavement to fear. I could tell you stories of people who in this church who live with incredible fear. They couldn't even they'd leave their home at nighttime. They had always nightmares about their children dying and, and all sorts of things. And now they're experiencing a level of comfort, a level of peace, a level of trust in God they never thought was possible. If you are living with anxiety, I believe that God can set you free from that. And just like God who made a way through the Red Sea, I believe that God can make a way through for you. You know, sometimes we get very disappointed. When one door closes and we kind of go, where is God? Where, where are you? But this is what I've discovered. When God closes one door, many times he's got a better door than he's got, he's got for you. He's, he's got another way in which he can bless. Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. If, so, if some door is closed to you or something has not worked out, don't lose hope. I, I believe that there's somebody, there's a word here for somebody here today. Do not lose hope. Do not become do, so discouraged. God can make a way even through the Red Sea. He can make a way for you can make a way for you. And like Jesus who cleansed the leper from his long-standing disease, I still believe that God can cleanse us from all sin. There is no sin too dark. There is no sin that's so so far away from him that God can't. Do not listen to the enemy. Do not listen to the voice of of, of darkness that says you're too far gone. You, 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 There's no hope for you. God can cleanse you. He can restore you. Yesterday we came to, we had a wedding and I saw this couple and I looked at their lives and, and their lives were, if you, if you looked at them, it was terrible things that happened in both of their lives and, and we married them and they, they found one another, we married them and I thought we have a God who restores people, He can cleanse and, and He can restore people to health, that's the God that we serve, Amen? And just like Hezekiah, who cried out to God when he was given a terminal prognosis, I still believe that God extends people's lives. Some of you should have died in that accident. Some of you should have been taken out of because of an illness that you experienced. But God extended your life because you cried out to Him. He showed you His mercy, He showed you His grace. Easter Friday, I'm standing at the door, and I'm I'm just greeting different people. In come a a couple that I've known for 30 years. All the time I've been here, that'd be more, wouldn't it, 36? The wife, as usual, bounding with joy, and I said, how are you? And they reminded me of the time where she had received a diagnosis of cancer. It was not a good diagnosis what made it more difficult was that he's in the medical profession you know when you know too much it doesn't really help and he he i remember once he came in and he showed me all the graphs the ups and downs and i didn't understand what he was talking about he did and so it was difficult for him and he was heartbroken but here she is 20 years later and she's bounding but she's literally jumping with joy and and, and alive because God extended her life. We have a God of miracles that can extend people's lives. I don't understand it all, but I tell you that's the reality of what I've seen. I still believe, I still believe. Just like Jesus who healed the lame and the crippled, I believe that God can cause you to get back on your feet. Maybe something tried to take you out. Maybe something tried to knock you. And Maybe you even said to yourself, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to overcome this. I don't know how I'm going to survive. This is it. It's too much. It's too much. It's enough. I'm speaking to somebody here, by the way. It's enough. God says to you, You will get up again. You will get up again. And you will walk. And then you will run. Because we serve a God who causes us to get up again, who gives us back onto our feet. A God of miracles. A God of miracles. And just like Jesus opened the eyes of the blind, I still believe that God gives people vision. You're here, you're not dead. God's got more for you. Everybody say, God's got more for me. God's got more for you. He wants to show you more. He wants to, he wants to reveal his purposes in you. He, there's more that you might be 70, you might be 80, you might be 90. You're not over yet. No, no, no. God's, God's still got more for you, Anthony. God's still got more for you, Esther. God's still got more for you, Beth. You see, until we reach the destination, God still wants us to move forward, and he can open up our eyes to see. God's got more for you. Or maybe that blindness has got to do with somebody that you're praying for. It could be a family member. It could be a son or daughter or a husband, wife. It could be a mother, father. And they just seem to be so blind to the gospel. And you try to share with them, and they just don't receive it all. I still believe that God opens the eyes of the blind. How many of you were blind for a little while there? to the gospel. Can I have, have a raised raise hand here? Kind of go, no matter, you're going to love the church. or maybe I don't understand it. I don't get it. I was like that. God never gave up on me. And I'm telling you, the very fact that you're praying for them, the very fact that you feel so strongly to pray, it means that God wants to do a work in their life. It means that God isn't finished with them yet. And they're going to sing the song of the prodigal. And they're going to sing the song of amazing grace. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind was blind but now I see. I still believe in miracles. I believe in a God that opens people's eyes. And just like Jesus calmed the fierce storm, remember? Peace, be still. That test that you're going through is one day going to become a testimony. You're gonna stand up and say, you know what? I should have drowned. They should have taken me out. And I know people who did, they went through the same thing that I did, but God fought for me. God sustained me, God strengthened me. Your test is gonna become a testament. It's gonna become a story of grace for other people. Are you with me here today? I still believe that no weapon formed against you will prosper. That's what the word of God says. It shall not prevail. You will go through tough times. Yes, it will be tough. Yes, you will have to dig deep into God, but it will not overcome you. I guarantee you, because the Word of God says, you know Ephesians 6 talks about an evil day. I don't know if you ever had one of those evil days. There are evil times. There are times that where things occur one thing after another, And, um, you know, Lois and I have been married for 41 years now. And those of you who know me, I I don't see darkness under every door. I don't go hunting for demons. I don't go hunting for anything. I don't even give them a second thought, to be perfectly honest. I just want to focus on Jesus. Amen? If you start start hunting for those things, they're going to come after you. Just forget about them. Just just focus on Jesus. Just focus on Jesus. And He'll cast out darkness everywhere. But, you know, there's been a few times... Well, I thought to myself, what is going on here? It's been a few times even with my children. And I says, and something's going on here. One thing after another. One thing after another. I think, this is not a coincidence. 2014 was one of those seasons for me. It, everything happened. Within a period of six months, it was, it was mind-boggling. This occurred, this occurred, this occurred, this occurred, this occurred, and Whoa. I said to Lois, and Lois said to me, this is not a coincidence. No, 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 no. This, this sounds like a strategic attack. So we need to learn to pray properly. We need to take authority in Jesus' name. And we did, but we also had some good people praying for us as well. So can you pray for us because something's going on here. I don't know. Something is going on here, which is beyond the normal. And at the end of the service, we're going to pray. We're going to believe God for the supernatural, for God to do that which he can, you cannot do, for God to touch your situation. But right now, right now, I want to pray for this area. If you're finding some things have been going on, and they shouldn't happen all the time, and there shouldn't be a whole lot of hands here. But if you're looking at your life and going, you know what? This is really weird. Some really strange things are happening. This and this and this and this. Maybe it's a strategic attack. And I want to pray for you. We're going to break a hold of that thing in Jesus' name. Amen? Because we still believe that God has got the power over every every darkness, every power on heaven and on earth. So I just want you to close your eyes just for a moment. If you say, you know what, Pastor... There's just some things that are going on in my life and I just can't explain it. It's just like, whoa, maybe this could be what you're talking about. I want you to lift up your hand because we're going to agree together in Jesus' name. We're going to take authority over that. We're going to push back the darkness in Jesus' name. We're going to proclaim the name of Jesus, which is a name above every name. Look, so if that's you, I just want you to lift up your hands and say some strange things are going on. Okay, I'm seeing hands raised here. Some hands, lift, them, lift both hands up toward God. Okay, let's just take authority. Those of you who are here, the rest of you here, just okay, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over all the power of the enemy. Lord God, we thank you that we have authority in Jesus' name to tread on serpents and over all the power of the enemy. Lord God, and you said in your word, if, we, if two or more of you agree upon anything on earth, It shall be done in heaven. And Lord, we agree, Lord God, to push back the darkness. Lord God, we pray that there will be a breakthrough in their life. Lord God, we pray that that even if the clouds will clear, and Lord God, that there will be a clear sky, Lord. Lord, we pray, Oh God, Lord, let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered in Jesus' name. We take authority right now over your life, over your circumstances, your family, your friends, your health. Lord God, of your safety, of your mind, of your spirit. Lord God, we pray blessing and favor in Jesus' name. Everybody said Amen. amen. Why don't we give him praise. Thank you, Lord. Whether you feel like it or not, When we proclaim the name of Jesus, everything must flee. There is no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved and there is no other name higher than His name. I still believe that God sends forth His word and it will not come back void. I still believe that when we worship, we release the supernatural power of God. I still believe that when we pray in a, in a supernatural language, in a language that God gives to us, that it opens up heaven's resources. I still believe, I still believe, I still believe the word of God. In a moment, we're gonna pray. But here's something else I believe. I still believe God is not willing for any to perish. Everybody close your eyes for a moment. But that all should come to repentance and all should come to faith. I believe He's reaching out to you today. And if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if if you've never surrendered your life to Him, and you would know if you've done that, if you say, "I, I don't remember ever doing that, then He calls you to Himself. Or maybe you've lost your way some way and you know your life is not right with God he loves you he's drawing you to himself and if today you're willing to pray a prayer of repentance a prayer of forgiveness then it would be an honor for me to lead you in this prayer to God because God is not willing he loves you with an everlasting love he'll never take his eyes off you he treasures you more than you will ever know and if today you say, Pastor, when you pray that prayer, will you pray for me at the count of three, one, God loves you and has known you from the moment that you're born. Jesus died on the cross for your sin, and the Father allowed His Son to be sacrificed for you. If you say, today, I need to get my life right with God, I want you to lift up your hand and so I know who I'm praying for, right where you are, so I, I just need to know who I'm praying for, just lift up your hand, nice and high, so I know that you're just making a decision. Thank you. Wonderful. Someone else. You say, it's time for me. Thank you. Maybe it's a rededication, but maybe it's the first time that you're making this decision. I believe the Holy Spirit is working now. The drawing power of God. He never, he never forces, but He always draws us to Himself. Anyone else here today say, you know what? I need, to, I need to get my life right with God. He is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Anyone else here? Up your hand, right up high, so I can see it. Thank you. I'm going to ask one more time: If you know you need to get your life right with God, now's the time. Lift up your hand. Say so when you pray. It's a bit of a battle. I can just sense it say yes you know what I'm going to listen to all this yes I'm here okay let's pray together everyone Lord this day day, I surrender my life life. to you you. I ask for your forgiveness please Please come and live in me fill me with the Holy Spirit I want to live a life that honors you pleases you I come to you. I give you my life. I turn from going my way to going your way. I submit myself to your authority. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for not giving up on me. put our hands together those who made that decision whether here or online. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Encompass Church. If today's message has impacted you and you want to give your life to Jesus, if you need prayer or if you want to get connected to the church, please contact us at office at encompass.org.au Never miss a moment by following us online. Search for Encompass Church on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.